Good morning, and welcome to Being the Change Now. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Ashwini. Our assignment for this week is to practice generosity as the sacrifice of egocentricity. As you go about your day, notice when you're acting from ego eye. Simply notice there is no reason to slip into a self-hating conversation when ego surfaces in conscious awareness. Then practice giving up the identification. Let the still small voice guide your exploration of surrendering ego in the practice of generosity. For extra credit, record an aspect of ego that you would sacrifice for your awakening. A word of caution. Many of us are conditioned to believe that selflessness equates with martyrdom. Any action that perpetuates identity is not generous, it's self-hating. Beware of any conversation that sacrifices the authentic human being to maintain ego, as always are else. Right, here's our first caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Nancy from Athens, Georgia. Hello, Nancy. What are you seeing? Well, I am just um, wanting to say how grateful I am for this practice. Um, I'm fairly Mm. new to practice, and... I'm just so touched day by day, uh, day after day, about how loving um, this practice is, how compassionate. Um, And I think I was one of those people raised to believe that selflessness is martyrdom. And um, so I'm just just, um, rethinking, being able to see through how um, these lessons and how you all respond to people, um, just uh, it's kind of a retraining for me um, because mm. I have used the trying to be a good person to, be, um, to beat myself up when I feel like I, I mean, I, I don't, I've, you've said it several times. I'm not saying it correctly, but um, I really do well, uh, want to to be a good person. I want to be generous. I want to be caring, compassionate, and selfless. Um, of course. Of course you do. Because... <laughs> but then I can because, use that to beat myself up. <laughs> well, two things about that. You want to be that because that's what you are. And more than anything, we want to be what we authentically are, which is why mm-hmm. happiness is such a big deal for us. Our authentic mm-hmm. nature is happy, and so we pursue happiness with... <laughs> sometimes with a vengeance, right? Because the (laughs) assumption is so deep that we're not that and that we have to do something in order to get that, right? Yes. And so, yes, the fact that that's what you are uh, authentically, that you are kind and loving and compassionate and generous, ego being none of those things, (laughs) really doesn't want us to catch on to uh, what is so, And so it beats us with this uh, endless comparison and judgment and, uh, well, this and, well, that, and you didn't and you could have and you should have. And and so that, yes, we're we're starting to see through that. And um, I don't know, Nancy, maybe that's what drew us all together, Uh, you know, that that, that's, that's where we all come from. I don't know if the whole world is to some degree or another 
meant to be conditioned in that way, meant to be in the sense that, you know, ego runs the same scam on people everywhere. I don't, I don't know about other cultures. Um, but boy, in this one, it's, it's the deal, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joy really is, is out there somewhere. Probably you're going to be able to find it on Black Friday. Uh, if you oh. get the best deal on the right thing, right? But aside from oh, that, I I'm so grateful. I feel so much joy with just you know. I mean, I I always have in nature, in loving relationships, in people, and dancing, and singing, and you know, so many ways. But then that the ego, the the self hate can creep back in really really quickly. Yep. But this is really helping to be able to see that even if it does try to creep in, that it's that I can stop and, um, you know, redirect that and get back to the joy. Because, I mean, That's yesterday right. I just went for a long hike and the trees and the rocks and the view and the creek, I mean, the beauty out there is just, it just is so, um, I, I'm just in awe. And well, it's so... It's so it so wonderfully reflects the beauty inside. Mm, right? That's hard because to take in. Well, you just uh, next time you're <laughs> looking at those trees, just realize that there are lots of people in the world who do n- do not see nature as beautiful. They see it as something to bulldoze down so that they can build oh, the house of yeah. their dreams, right? Yeah. But the oh, beauty in true. you, yes resonates with the beauty in nature. And so, uh, you know, you're projecting that. I'm not saying nature isn't beautiful. Uh, I'm just saying <laughs> that owning that it's your experience is puts it in perspective. And oh, so, yes. helpful. Yeah. Yes, self-hate does creep back in for all of us. And what it shows us is, okay, here's an area where you're not free. Here's an area uh, where uh, ego can still get you and make you unhappy. So we bring conscious awareness to it. We see what's going on. We choose joy. Boom. There we are. Yes. Thank you. Because the, the, the doing good, doing, or you know, trying to be good or trying to do good, those are ways that it, it can get me. Oh, um, absolutely. Quickly. Because it's yeah. saying you have to pretend to be something that you already are. <laughs> and oh, right, and yeah. once once it gets us into believing we have to overcome our inherent nature in order mm-hmm. to pretend to be or act as if, you know, the old fake it till you make it. Uh, the yes. whole thing perpetuates that belief that that's not who you are. And what we're seeing in practice uh, moment by moment is, no, that, that is what we are. We are unconditional that, love. Yep. Yep, we are. That is so helpful. That is so helpful. Thank you. You are so thank welcome. You, and you go thank happy, you for, okay? Yes, go happy. Thank you for what you say to everyone because that just always means so much to me, but it's wonderful to talk directly. So thank you. You are Gosh most so. welcome. Gasho. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Nancy. It is really the hardest thing to own projections about uh 
life, right, Cherry? Because we're so conditioned, mm-hmm. so browbeaten to believe that that's not what we're, that's not what we are, and that entire mm-hmm. spiritual movement is reclaiming it. Yes, and and as soon as we see it, we see it everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's what the Buddha taught. It's what Jesus taught. It's what Gandhi was talking about. It's what Mother Teresa was telling people. It, you know, it's all the same. No, 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 no. Don't, don't listen to that other stuff. Go into your heart. Find out what you really are. Realize that. And then all problems are resolved. Yeah. It's just magnificent. Mm-hmm. All right, here's our next caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Mark in Chicago. Hey, Mark. Hi, so I had an experience this week that around the house that gave me an opportunity to practice on this. As a model in one of the rooms that we don't use too much, and I found two vacuum cleaners in the closet. So I asked my wife, what are these vacuum cleaners down here? And she says, oh, she says, if, I can't, if the bag is full and I can't find a bag, I go and I buy another vacuum cleaner. And I just, uh-huh. you know, the, every, every, like, German strand of DNA in me wanted to just organize this whole thing and say, how could you do this? It's wasteful, blah, blah, blah. And instead I just said, you know, I know exactly what you mean. I hate it when I can't find a bag. Mm. And, and that was it. And it just felt good. I mean, that whole thing just passed away. I will say that after that was over, I came up with all kinds of ideas about how I'm going to put RFID tags on the box where the bags are and all this stuff. But at least, you know, at least I made it through that little experience just by practicing this exercise. It was really nice. Oh, Mark, that's just, I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, the, where we go when we seed ego, right? The act of generosity puts us in touch, with who, in touch with who we are. There is no separation. There is no disconnect from authenticity. There's a continuity of life energy. It's the ability to, uh, the way I say it, is not convex to life, but concave, right? Here, here it is. And ego is such a bristling, I have to take a position, I have to fix it, I have to do it right. It's such an uh, almost ag- aggressive assertion of something. And to be in a situation that concrete to go, oh, well, I, could, I have compassion for why this happened. I have understanding I can relate. And afterwards, perhaps, it drops in how to solve that, right? They are not mutually exclusive. But if I went with ego in that transaction, the separation happens from a place that doesn't allow the love to be my experience or your wife's, you know, your experience or your wife's experience. Yeah. You know, the other part of that that really that was really nice to see was this whole ego thing kind of washes in and out like a wave coming in and out. So after that, after that happened, I, of course I had to go around the house and investigate and I found a total of five vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, my, my brain is working on how much money did we spend? And then I look at that and I say, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Here I am right now. I've got a vacuum cleaner. Maybe I'm so lucky. I got five vacuum cleaners. A lot of people don't have a house. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then I'd, you know, and then I'd swing back to, oh, I've got a solution for this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell my wife that this is how we're going to manage the vacuum cleaner bags. And and yeah. 
the thing I'm happy about is that I can at least see this stuff. Before I was just like a caveman, you know, crashing yeah. through the cave throwing rocks, and now I can kind of take this process apart, look at it, and and uh, and land somewhere that's that's happier. Oh, oh my God, that's really it, right? Land someone. Uh, that lands somewhere that's happier and to notice so noticing and land someone land somewhere where it's happy is just the is just it isn't it mark because yes yeah. ego washes in and out and if we have the ability to hold it lightly rather than get identified with it and react from it it is happier so what if you have five vacuum cleaners, as you say? And so what if we oscillate between, I've got to fix this, I've got to solve this, how much money is there, uh, etc. But that happens inside your inner landscape in the context of your awareness. And you can sort through your process in unconditional love and acceptance and not project it outward. Because it's your experience and that ego place where we have to blame the world and all of the circumstances and all the people there for what our experience is and control the externals in order to control how we feel is really the false premise because all of that is just ego controlling me, ego controlling me away from love, not towards love, right? And so in the absence of that control, I can be loving and I can deal with whatever is going on in me that keeps me from love. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Thanks very much. Mark. Okay. So, Ashwini, I want you to do a musings article <clears throat> on that thing that you just said about uh, dealing with our inner landscape within the context of awareness. Because that's it. I mean, what Mark laid out was just <laughs> talk about a, <laughs> a blueprint, yeah, right? For it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, for every step of the way, um, and and we can uh, get thrown off. It, it's such a it's such a tricky place there in our inner landscape mm-hmm. when there are the solutions. Right, so you don't want this poor woman to just have to be buying vacuum uh, every week uh, for the rest of her life. You know, it's possible to say, okay, I'm going to mark the the things, or tell me when the bag needs to be changed, and I'll change. You know, there are ten thousand solutions as soon as we get it out of the realm of ego, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we get into that. Well, but is solving a problem? Is that is that resisting what actually is? And, and the way Mark laid it out was so perfect. No, they're all, they're all a part of, of, um, of the piece, right? And, and that inner landscape piece is the, is the essential one. So what is, my, what is my interaction with someone else? And then what am I attending to inside me? where the clarity is happening for me. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Well, because, you know, Sherry, the ego is always confusing content and process, right? We could solve always. anything on a content level because there are things that we need to address on a content level. But the process yes. place from which we need to address doesn't have to be identification. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Life is just, uh, just phenomenally 
talented when it comes to resolving content issues. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Well, but so yours. often we're looking to ego instead of to intelligence. Yes. Well, you don't have to solve it from a place of there's something wrong. That's really the exactly. difference. Right? Yeah. 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 All right, here's our next caller. You are now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Sandy in Berkeley. Hello, Sandy. What's going on? Well, um, yeah, I, I guess my experience in practicing with this this week has been, um, as well as doing the workshop, um, the Tyre Chitenge workshop has been um, kind of surprising instructions from life about what generosity might look like and hmm. especially like um, seeing that in a couple different places in my life like um, I'll just take the example of work like if I'm listening to a conditioned voice of like urgency and needing to achieve results like not only does that kind of speed me up or create suffering for me, but if I'm identified with that, then I'm going to start to relate with my coworkers in a way that kind of starts mm. to create that suffering for them as well. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, you know, it's just been surprising to see that maybe like the most generous thing I can do even for my coworkers is to like go for a walk and like let things decelerate <laughs> before choosing a next step, you know? Um, yes. Well, and that, that there it is again, we're reinforcing this uh, this morning, right? Because what, what you're, what you're realizing is you do, you do want to handle a situation, but as Ashwini just said, it doesn't need to come from a place of something wrong, right? Which is where ego would want to drag you. And probably, in fact, get you to do something unskillful that would contribute to the problem rather than the solution. Yeah, and when you when you say something needs to happen, you mean like um, like a, a choice does need to be made, or or maybe like vacuum proliferation is not needed, but there's another way to handle it. That's that's exactly right. Which the intelligence animating us is going to guide us to if we look to it, right, which is your very wise approach of, I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> Maybe I'll just pop my recorder in my pocket here, go for a walk, have a little talk with the mentor, get calmed down, see what approaches might be, um, might be desirable in this situation. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of times the suggestions I, I realize are more sort of like listening to the merits of what other someone else has to say about a different way they want to approach something or, um, but then, yeah, also to like, sometimes it would be a good idea for something to get done a bit sooner than maybe somebody thinks it can be done. So just looking yes. at that as well. Yeah. That's right, because what you're describing is collaborative, right? Ego is separation. You know, these people are the enemy, <laughs> right? They're, yes. trying, to, they're yes. trying to ruin your life and destroy your career, right? And, and when we step back from that ego urgency and, and go for the walk and calm down, 
then we begin to see that, oh, yes, it's true. We are in this together. We've all been hired because together we can make something work, right? And so that's the position. So as you're, as you're saying, it might be that what drops in drops in for you as the brilliant solution to this situation, but it might be for one of your coworkers. And your, your only contribution is to say, I agree. I think that's brilliant. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And just even to see that, I think one of the things in the list in the email was like conceding a point and like Mm -hmm. having the experience over the past week of like my boss's boss having one preference and me thinking something else would be better. And it's like, like, it's fine. I don't think it's really fine. Like it's fine to concede a point. It's okay. And you don't even need to suffer over it. Right? Okay, well, your pay grade is higher than mine. That's what you want to do. Okay, here we go. Right. And yeah, I will not necessarily say that my experience was free of suffering, but it is true that it slowly becomes clear, like almost like uh, conditioning as a template. I'm like, wait a minute. Like part of me is still like believing the story, but part of me just kind of starts to see it as like, we've been here before. You know, we've been in the resentful I'm a depressed yes. place before, and this feels similar, <laughs> and it might be yeah. not the truth. Well, and, and Sandy, this is another one of those fascinating places we get to see when we're present. The fact that your boss's boss can override your decision doesn't mean that your perspective is wrong. It doesn't mean that at all. Yes. Yeah? And so when we realize that, okay, well, we'll see <laughs> down the road. Maybe there will be, at some point, there will be clarity about this. Maybe there won't. But the point, the point is not to argue whether you're right or he's right, right? The point is, okay, uh, I'm just going to suffer if I keep noodling this, and uh, this is what we've got, and so we're moving on. Yes, and like ego wants to be in a conversation about right, wrong, but that's right. What ends and up you don't. Wrong. No, no, I don't. And what ends up being helpful <laughs> too is like, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, does it matter like, exactly? If lives were on the line. I would fight for it, but lives are not on the line. Like, it's okay. Precisely, precisely. Just ego's life is on the line, and you don't want to fight for it, uh, for its life to continue. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. Wonderful examples. All right. I love the examples, Sherry. It makes it so much more concrete. And the thing I was saying about that last conversation is it really is a matter of survival. Because we truly believe when we're, I mean, because we're identified with ego's survival, its position, its point of view, that we, we we feel like we're fighting a, a battle that we cannot lose. But to be in that step mm-hmm. back place that Sandy was talking about allows us to, uh, to get out of a survival place. Actually, my life is not dependent on, <laughs> on the point of view. Only my suffering yes. is. You know? And so right. it takes such a tremendous amount of being willing to live with the discomfort to let that to, to, to let it go, but letting it go mm-hmm. is the happy place. Winning the point mm-hmm. is not going to make me happy. We have to get that. Oh, 
Oh, exactly. Well, it's exactly. That, I'm, yeah, there'll not, be a moment. Yes. There'll be a moment, but because I've just fed ego, yeah. it just got bigger, and yeah. it's going to come at me with the next meal that it wants. Yeah. But the, the secret that we've heard uh, this morning is just stop. <laughs> you know, especially if you can, take a walk outside in the beauty of nature. Redirect the attention to this here now. And, and see, you know, then we can ask ourselves the question, now would I rather feel this way and live, live like this, or would I rather be in that uh, urgent, agonizing, miserable conversation in my head? And the answer will come quickly. Yes. Well, and also, Sherry, I, I don't know, this is part of it, at least for me, where that urgency to convince someone else what the right thing to do is, is because we believe we can control what happens. And if this, in other words, I, if, if you make a decision this way, it's going to go this way, and it's going to head in this direction, and it's, this is what's going to happen, and I have to suffer the consequences of that, and I don't want to, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's that trajectory mm-hmm. of thought, of control, of, uh, of impact, yeah. of how I need everything to be for me to be okay. Yeah. And what all this means. And what right? all this it, means, yes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Hmm. We have time for one more caller. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is uh, Justin in Bear Valley. Hey, Justin. Hey, just a uh, just a quick comment on that last conversation. As you as you and Sherry were talking, I was thinking what a relief it is that we can never figure it out, and that the universe and world is basically so complex we don't even have a shot. So maybe we hmm. should stop trying. <laughs> yes. Be humble, right? Be, be humble to, to go that, that the universe has so many different perspectives and points of view that we would never be part of. So we might as well not try to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, just, uh, just briefly, you know, it was interesting talking, uh, hearing, I think, two conversations ago about process first content. And there's a way in which I find myself um, at work getting caught in content. And it's basically other people complaining which leads me to a place of suffering. And I kind of know I'm going through this process, but I can't really see the process. But I see myself so caught up in the content of their complaints. And basically, I'm just thinking, or ego is just thinking, you know, stop complaining. That's not helping anything. And Mm. it's just like a repetitive story in my head. Mm. So would you say, Justin, that uh, this is the, the, the sort of principle, right? Which is somehow or the other, they're, um, I'm being triggered by, by them, right? And so right. The, the central part, of it, would that be the case, right? So if, if, you didn't, if you stopped complaining, then I wouldn't feel the way I, the way I feel. And if there's that external focus, it's hard to get that the, the thing that is causing me to suffer is the fact that the voice in my head still has my attention. I'm identified. Right, exactly, because the suffering's happening in me, it's happening here. It's just, you That's know, right. we were talking about it earlier, it's just masked as, you know, oh, it's kind of masked as a woe is me story, you know. If only That's I right. had the better co-workers who didn't complain, then my life would be, but here I am, stuck in this terrible situation, and yeah, and in that place, I see there's not even a way out, like, you know, That's I've right. experimented with times, like, I could bring up a different co- topic of conversation, and I've done that. Sometimes we mm-hmm. talk about other things mm-hmm. that are more important, but sometimes, you know, you can't even see that when you're so identified in the woe is me story. That's exactly right, and so then there's a way in which 
you could, there's several ways to practice with it, right? The redirect of attention that, uh, that, that we've often talked about. So I choose unconditional love, I choose unconditional love in the, in the process because you really don't need to listen in that way. Or you could be practice wholehearted listening and total reflection in your mind as a way to stay disidentified through the process. Uh, or, and or you could actually record and listen for the, to the person who is caught in that place and really get to the root of what is being, uh, what is the feeling that is, what's going on for you in feeling trapped? Because we often feel trapped by our conditioning. That's really the experience. I'm in this situation that I don't want to be in. I'm, I'm imprisoned by my conditioned reactions and I have no way of getting out of it. And that's the frustration, right? What, right. No matter what I know and I still can't exit the conditioning and I feel frustrated. So perhaps processing that in a two-handed might assist us to really get in touch with that feeling controlled, that feeling victimized and what that's really about for you. Yeah, and as you were saying that, you know, that I think that would bring more clarity to, I mean, what you hit on and what I've kind of seen is, you know, the suffering's happening here and, and ego is so smoke and mirrors with its, it's all their fault, basically. That's right. I'm just a victim of these terrible circumstances. That's right. Um, you know, a recording can bring, you know, at least it can shine clarity, like, yeah, the suffering's here, and that's a really good foundational piece, I think, to start yeah. with, because then I think that's bringing the attention to what's actually the issue, yes. which is I'm suffering as opposed to what, what I can't control other people complain. Yeah, and so you bring the love to you, to that authentic human being caught in the circumstances, but caught in the circumstances of being abused by their conditioning, not abused by their co-workers, <laughs> then the perspective, the perspective uh, uh, translates into now there's a sense of being taken care of from which it's possible to be generous in that circumstance. Because otherwise I'm in a place of deprivation being asked to be generous to my co-workers when I'm so triggered right. by the conditioning. Right. It's like, don't, you know, if you can't swim, don't jump in and try to that's save right. someone. Cause yeah. Then there's yeah, exactly. We're all going to drown. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, great. Well, that's a, a lot of, there, yeah, a lot of good directions to practice with that. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. That's so funny to, uh, to, to realize in those situations, uh, I'm complaining because they're complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem is they're complaining, not my complaining. Right. It's, it's just, so uh, hard. It, it, it is so hard. And owning projection is, is brutally hard because uh, as soon as we try to do it, then ego is right there to say, see, it's your fault. There's, That's right. there's nothing the wrong with them. It's you. Yeah. yeah. The self-hate kicks in. So the ability to just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, to, to find the love for, for the human being in the situation opens us to the possibility that ego is, a, e ego is the issue. But if I'm identified mm -hmm. with ego, all ego wants to do is to defend. Yeah. It's, it is, it's not yeah. an opening to, to really um, resolve the, uh, the, the process place, which can only be resolved by compassion and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So exciting. It is. All right, Sherry, that brings <laughs> us to the end of the show, so um, we'll hear from more callers tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everybody. Go happy. Go happy.